Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Condemned ate a hearty meal. What? It's an American tradition from my time. A prisoner condemned to death was allowed to request whatever he wants for his last meal. Whatever he wants? Within reason. I've heard it's often something they remember from their childhood. Something their mother made them. What would you choose? Cheeseburger, fries and a Coke from Kami's. It's a diner, a restaurant I used to take Brie to when she was little. And that was our regular order. I wouldn't choose any other thing than this very meal for you. Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. My name is Mary Larson. Oh, my name is Blake. And as I just told all the people that were at the live pre-show, I'm sad. I know. Uh, Wicked sad. But we can we get to carry on and still have some Outlander oh, newness and goodness. To, we get to soldier on. We do get to soldier oh, on. Oh, th- thank you, Frank, for, for those wise words. You know, it's... um. It's sad when a season ends, particularly a short season. Yes. But what I do love is the conversations that we as a fandom get to have. And that's really what this podcast is all about. And what, of course, the subsequent episode we're going to be coming out with the listener feedback episode will be all about. It's about digesting it. It's Mm -hmm. about pulling out the bits and pieces that we loved or made us feel not so happy. You know, things like that, that make this show more than just an hour that we watch on television and mm. that's what the, that's what outlander's done it's captivated us from around the world over these six seasons and beyond um you know people have been traveling the globe right now to be with fellow outlander fans and and meet different people from the show and um you know people have had friendships and travels and started relationships all through this in different ways and I love when you do come to a close of a season because it gives you this time to reflect. It's kind of like graduating high school. You know, you sit back and yes, it's sad, but you get to reflect on where it's brought you mm-hmm. and where it's brought our our beloved um, 
you know, just just cast and and these wonderful characters that we love, and obviously leaving off on a cliffhanger. We're not done. Oh, that's a smoking cliffhanger. We are not done. So that, that, um, that's a cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers. <laughs> it truly, truly <laughs> is. So we have a, a little bit of a recap in case in case y'all listening to this in the future. Because you know everybody watching live. Yes. They've just watched it and rewatched it and rewatched it within the past 24 hours a million times. So we all know what just happened. But for the people in the future who may have seen this and need a little bit of a recap of what just happened in the finale of season six, we've got some astute notes from Angela Hickey, cast um, some of the, one of our one of our steam bloggers at outlandercast.com. Of course, the queen bee in the book club. So Blake, take it away. Okay. We end an excellent season with this outstanding episode, a rare five kilt from me, that delivered all the feels. Wait, wait, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Is that, is she writing a five kilt from me just to have me say that it was a five kilt, a rare five kilt from me? Angela, I know you're here. I, I ask you, come up to the podium and tell me that this was done purposely. That we had delivered all the feels, heart-stopping action, tender moments from the Frasers and the Max, and smoke and sex scenes, trauma revelations, thrills, anxiety, teamwork, and hope. We pick up right where we left off with the Frasers in deep shite that just gets deeper. The Brown posse surrounds the house, and Jamie tells Browns that he won't give Claire up, period. Brown amps up for war, and Mrs. Bug, Lizzie, and Twizzy sneak off to get help. Claire has gone from a woman afraid to enter her surgery last episode to this week's Bonnie Parker meets Calamity Jane. She gets guns and comes back up to an armed brown turd entering through the back who... Turd entering through the back. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, Angela. Who demands her weapon? She begins to hand it over, then quick draw McGraws hits him in a very badass move. Jamie is jumped, and Claire starts covering Jamie's retreat back to the house. And then all hell breaks loose. Bullets flying, glass breaking, tables flipping in an epic heart-pounding shootout with Team Fraser working together like a well-oiled machine. Jamie has a surprise armory built up in his basement. The King of Men has kept up on his doomsday prep for the war. Jamie says Brown found out that Marcelli killed Lionel. Wait, what? When? How? Now I'm worried about them, too. When Brown tries to con Jamie with, well, you won't hurt him. We just want to get her a failed trial. You yeah. got to say with his voice. Sure. We don't. We won't. I don't know. I can't even do it. We won't hurt her. We just want I don't know. a fair trial. <laughs> there yeah, you, you go. Have to, you have to talk with like, oh, like you have a lemon in your mouth. Okay. Yeah, sure. Jamie answers by shooting his hat out of his hand. They cease for the night. Have some lovely dinner in the last meal conversation. Jamie says they will likely try to burn them out. Could this be predicted? The fire they die in. The Fisher folk show up yelling nasty stuff. Crombie and the Frasers come out to talk. We find out Alan and the one informing Brown. Crombie suggests that the fra- both the Frasers grow so Jamie can protect her. Finally, the Ardsmere men show up, but it's still not enough. And Jamie reluctantly agrees, knowing it's likely their end. But they will meet it. Together. Out of nowhere, an unexpected ally arrives. Tom Christie. He will go as well to ensure no more evil takes place. And they will leave in the morning. Brown is not pleased. His gang expected murder, mayhem, and looting, and not a long, drawn-out, chaperoned trip across the lawless colony. That night, Jamie tries to soothe Claire by telling her about a fortune teller who told him he had nine lives. He had a few left, and after a session of last night on Arthur Rumpy Pumpy, the Frasers head out on a road trip from hell. 
Meanwhile, the Max parallel the Frasers with their own road trip beast. It's also a contrast journey of peace, joy, and hope. They talk about the safety from the war, parenting trips for time travelers, and their cozy, crazy journey together so far. The night hashtag kinky Roger, my favorite side of Roger. <sighs> I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Angela. Uses his newly made vroom to explore breeze terrain. This leads to some vera sexy rumpy. <sighs> the I next day, like... they check out Fergus's newspaper while Jimmy tells his sibling to be, I love you, baby. Aww. Reed discovers lice on Jimmy, and it's revealed that Jimmy has a hereditary birthmark identical to Roger's tears of joy for Roger and Bree. Things are not so great, though, on Fraser's road trip. They are now heading across the colony to the coast because the rule of the English legal has broken down with the onset of the war. It's May 1775. The only thing keeping the Browns from killing the Frasers is Tom's haggard and grief-stricken presence. He even gives Claire his own serving of stew. Brown trashes the Frasers' reputation as they go which ends up getting them surrounded and stoned. Tom saves them again. Brown has had enough and concocts a plan. They tell Jamie to get drinks and seize him. Tom demands answers. Brown says Jamie will be fine. They are just sending him home. Claire begs Tom to save Jamie, but Tom sticks by Claire. They take Claire to Wilmington and lock her in jail. Brown bribes the sheriff while Tom reassures her. Meanwhile, Jamie opens his eyes tied to a pole at the beach. Brown has bribed the merchant to transport Jamie to Scotland. As one of the gang lifts his gun to knock Jamie out, an arrow strikes the guy dead. Ian, Chief Bird, and Cherokee Rain bullets and arrows on the gang and run them down with tomahawks. The last guy has a gun on Jamie and the best move ever, Jamie says, wait, he knows where Claire is. The guy smiles through thinking he is safe. Ian also smiles. We know too, Uncle, and the bird shoots him in the eye through his hand. Awesome. Jamie is free, and they are off to rescue Claire. Sadly now, Troutlander begins. Dun, dun, dun. That is the recap. Well, thank you again so very much, Angela, for recapping us. Now, before we get into the rest of the show, we have a wee favor, friends. If you tune in uh, via YouTube or Facebook or any of the other forms. Oh, by the way, Blake, do you want to go live on Instagram? Are we live on Instagram? Yes, we are. Oh, cool. I just don't see any of the comments Oh, there. sorry. I just didn't, I didn't hi, bring it up Hi, Instagram long. friends. Um, you do want to make sure that you are there subscribed. You there they are. You do want to make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast and your favorite podcatcher of choice. That way... You'll be able to get, um, you know, little notifications when new episodes come out. Hopefully during Droughtlander, we'll be able to do some interviews or some kind of, you know, um, dives into other aspects. Maybe it's the soundtrack or other things about this particular season. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do a history podcast because I know Blake loves to talk about the history <laughs> of early America. So make sure you go and you hit that subscribe button. Uh, you could follow Blake and I on all sorts of social medias. Make sure you're hitting those follow buttons, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Just search Marianne Blake. All right, Mavin, are you ready to get into this episode? I am. Let's do it. All right, Mom, and this episode, the season six finale, is entitled I Am Not Alone. Now, th those words are not uttered necessarily in this episode, but it is uh, a contrasting um, title in that 
most of the episode, they are alone. And Claire and Jamie, rather. And, uh, though they have each other. But at the end, Claire does have Tom. And at the same time, Jamie does have Chief Bird and all the Cherokee, as well as Ian, who come to his rescue. So it is a little bit of a contrasting um, a title, though it is it is made true by episodes end, which is quite nice. The writer was Luke Skelhas in, uh, I think, what might be uh, the surprise of the century. Luke Skelhas is helming the finale of season six for Outlander, which I definitely did not see coming. This would feel like a, a, a Matt or Tony episode, but Luke Skelhas gets the tap. And uh, his, his uh, past episodes include Heaven and Earth, The Bakra, Wilmington, The Deep Hot Skoa, Between Two Fires, Free Will, Hour of the Wolf, and obviously this episode, I Am Not Alone. The director, once, of course, once again, of course, oh, if I could just have him direct every single episode of Outlander, if it were not for Anna Forster, then I would do it. It is Jamie Payne because he gets it. And he, he gets it because we've seen his past episodes, uh, Free Will, The Company We Keep, Journey Cake, Never My Love, and Sticks and Stones. So that is that, Marvin. Your, your boring details that you always love. That's the end of that. What do you got for your kilt rating for this episode? Dun, 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 dun. Of course, friends who are joining us live, we want to know your kilt rating. So the kilt rating, of course, is how we rate this uh, episode on a scale of one being the worst and five being the best. Um, kilts, and we just make it out of kilts because that's super fun and that's yes. how we like to roll. So I'm giving this episode... Five. Okay. I really enjoyed this finale. I know that there's a cliffhanger. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I loved the music. Mm -hmm. I I especially loved it. Uh, the second the second uh, subsequent watch is just you get to notice a bit more things. But I will get into why I loved it so much in a hot second in my GVG. So friends who are joining in live, let us know your kilt rating. Blake, how about you? All right, so as an episode of television unto itself, just uh, just an episode of television, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, it was patient with itself. It allowed itself to breathe. I'm giving, I'm giving it as an episode. I'm going to have two ratings for you. As an episode of television, I'm giving it a 4-5. Um, I, I think it was good. I think it lagged in certain places, which takes it down a, a, a few notches, and I think the the contrasting story with Roger and Bree contributes to that as well. But there is some amazing stuff to really love, especially that, that final scene. Mm -hmm. I thought that was quite good. Uh, and that I think brings it to the level. And of course, Jamie Payne too. Jamie, the way he uses colors and the oh way gosh, he stunning. uses the darkness of what, you know, the phrases are going in. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes for a, a visually dynamic episode. Agreed. Again, bringing it up to the level that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, but as a finale, as a finale to a season, I have to go as my second rating as a finale second rating when yeah, have you because I, I said I, I have two ratings <sighs> as a finale I'm going to give it a four three nine nine right around there oh my god and it's again it's not that it's a bad episode it's it's not a finale 
Well, it's a cliffhanger finale. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a finale. Is that their fault or is it the fault that they only had eight episodes? It is their fault. Why? Because they have to plan that out. Oh my gosh, Blake. Oh, them's fighting words, and you're going to be getting a lot of the fighting, I think, in our listener feedback when people need to question you on that. Am I right, friends in the live chat? Let's move on so I can sprinkle in some goodness. Of course, this is time for our GBG. This is the good and the bad and the great yes. of the episode. And got. friends joining us live, we want to see. We want to see your GBGs. Um, so my good is actually the title card. When we're in that diner, and uh, the camera's pulling on up and you see a character of what essentially is supposed to be Claire and Brie. Mm-hmm. Brie has a little menu in front of her face and they're getting their burgers and Coke and fries. Mm-hmm. And Claire's in her red dress. And she's got her wedding ring on. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, she tells Jamie about your last dinner and how that's what she would want. It was all these wonderful memories. And, you know, I hearkened back to the season finale of season five with yeah. Claire with the with same the style dress. of hair with the red dress. And it made me think, like, obviously, Claire isn't in the same situation that she was in, per se, last season finale she isn't sadly you know uh, kidnapped and um well she is ki- <laughs> never mind yeah. she is kidnapped but she's not being sexually assaulted this time right. um so but it's still by a brown still by a brown yeah okay and she's still away from jamie and she th- still is in these deep dark points so it was making me think could claire be in jail having escapism dreams right now again yeah, in think, the diner. Yeah, I think there's definitely room for that, Mary. And like how beautiful that season five mirrored this slightly in just the littlest bit, in just the title card. Like a lot of people might have even missed it. You know, they've been like, oh, yeah, that's cute. But, oh, like <clears throat> just so good. So, so good that it had to make my GBGs. And I know it's something small, but I had to mention it. My bad. Okay, are two things. My bad is how I feel felt seeing this beautiful big house be shattered to bits and pieces throughout this entire episode. So once again, it's not bad writing or bad directing or anything like that. This is how it made me feel. I felt badly watching this gorgeous house that we've been able to share meals in and see, you know, uh, relationships blossom or arguments happen in, but we've all been in awe of the Fraser's big house. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful, right? And to just see it being shot and broken and bits and pieces, uh, it just broke my heart. Uh, you know, we were we were all there with Claire when yep. she said we have a really beautiful home. And we're like, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Now there's bullet holes everywhere. <laughs> um, my nitpicky bad, however. Sure. You know how I do this thing where I tell you something and then you can't unsee it? Oh, yes. Okay, here okay. it is, friends. What do you got? What is it? When you rewatch this episode and they are cutting off Jimmy's beautiful hair mm-hmm. and they're finding his little birthmark, um, supposedly Roger touches his head mm-hmm. and says like, oh, yeah, no worries about it. It's totally fine. And when the male hand is touching Jimmy's head, mm-hmm. looks authentic. Okay. Got dirt into those fingernails and around those cuticles like mm-hmm. that. Those are like dirty hands. And then when the shot goes back out to the three shot of the family, <laughs> you look at Rick Rankin's 
perfectly manicured hands. <laughs> I know. No cuticles <laughs> showing. Not even a bit of white not because it's been. Oh, you know he gets his regular mani pedis. Not a callus to be seen for None. days. And so it was just for me jarring. Where I think because Jemmy's hair is just this beautiful, clean blonde, and you got to see these like they look like Murta hands. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like that would explain it. it went yes. from like Murta hands to Rick Rankin photographer <laughs> in a New York photo exhibit. <laughs> so, Hitting on my wife hands. No, he, yeah. no. No, he did. He no, did. No, he did. He, he did. He just he did. appreciated that I enjoyed dancing. Rick, if you're, if and you're then listening. He's not listening, Blake. He's getting a manicure. Be me next time there, Rick. Okay, so then my great, I'm sorry, I'm going to like, <laughs> people need to let us know when you see that scene though. Yes. My great was that shot at the end. Was the music, bear flare all over the place, just oh, boom, yes. boom, 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 boom. Jamie and the Cherokee and Ian. Oh my gosh, just everybody on their horses sweeping. Gotta go save Claire. I felt like, I felt like Jamie was off to go save Claire from Blackjack Randall, who's who's not even here anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was so sweepingly beautiful and reminiscent to how I felt in the early seasons. We had the bagpipes playing. We just had this whole like swelling feeling of he will find her mm-hmm. no matter the time or place. And I just loved that. So that was my great. Blake, go for it. GBG. All right, my good. I have a tie for my good. Um, first is uh, seeing the damage in Wilmington uh, where when they're, when they finally arrived. When Claire's doing her little peek. Yes. And it, it, the, the, the show is showing you the, the disruption of the world at that moment. The, a, a city like Wilmington, you know, uh, one of the jewels of that area is falling apart and it, it the the graffiti on the walls it, it it's not in your face it's just that claire looks through her little shadow i mean let, her little uh not shadow blake what am i thinking the the little sheet as she's prying open the the opening of the of the carriage and it's just there <laughs> the sheet yeah okay. the sheet sure whatever the mm-hmm. canvas if you will yeah. uh and the show isn't like, oh, see, like it, the show isn't telling you, oh, there is just so much. There's not like a voiceover telling you that all the problems. It's just that Claire sees it as you see it and you see it as Claire sees it. There's no explanation. It's just you have to pay attention mm-hmm. and in, in order to get that. And I really, 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 really love that. Uh, the other good for me was when Claire is looking at the house as as she and Jamie take off and Jamie can sense that like she's looking at it like this is the last time she's ever going to see it and he tells her hey this is you know we're not this isn't the last time we're going to see it by moonlight it's going to be totally fine like and it's just this look that Cat has as uh, or Claire rather um Claire has as there as she just looks at it like it's just such a somber thing yeah um we all felt that way in our guts Right, right. Uh, my bad. I okay. So I feel like this episode is not a finale, and but it is. But it's not, <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's a finale in name only. Correct. Okay. And I do love actually. I quite like cliffhangers. Um, with when they're. With with the intent of 
that had I like cliffhangers that have intent, not just for the sake of being a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I feel like this episode kind of straddles both. Um, and having said that, the reason why I give this episode a four five as an episode unto itself is because everything is great with Jamie and Claire. The sex scene, the 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 small talks, the action, it's all great. Where it lacks is the stuff with with Roger and Bree, in my opinion. Okay. The only thing that I like, I feel like the show is trying to make Roger and Bree the same level as Jamie and Claire, and they're just not. I don't think they're trying to do that, but uh, and but I did like the revelation of Jamie being Roger's kid. Like, okay, that's all great stuff. Uh, but I just it, my, my sense is the middle of the episode when they're when. You could probably remove most of the middle and nothing changes. Uh, like that big, long stretch of traveling and the big, long stretch of traveling with Roger and Bree. Just nothing changes. Uh, so that's my bad. The great, though, I actually have a three-way tie. A three-way tie. I think this is an Outlander cast first. I will just say that there's another season coming and, you know, it's not nothing. They um, don't put it there for no reason. First of all. So you'll come back to this. When season seven happens, you'll be like, oh, okay, I understand why there was all that Roger Bree stuff. My first uh, my first great is the shot through the hand. Again, you know when you're seeing good TV or when you're seeing something like when you're seeing something that pushes the envelope. Again, I always go back to Malva Weird when she when she gets up on her tippy toes. You knew when you watched that, you were like, ooh, mm. yes. That's, That's why I want to interview. Moment. I want to interview the person who made that shot happen. Yes. Um, it's probably a CGI thing. So get it? CGI. <laughs> oh, I just I loved the fact that they 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 had this little detail of shooting through the hand and into the guy's eye. Great little detail. That's a, that's a stand-up moment when that happens. Um, my other great is the motif of all the shattered glass. Yes. Jamie Payne makes it a, a, a purpose to show shattered glass multiple times throughout this episode. And not just like, oh, a passing glance. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, it just happens to be there. Oh, no, 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 no. It is, it is full of intent and it is it is part of the store visual storytelling that the show is trying to give us. What, yes, I'm you, just I'm just I feel like I am taking all of the book readers' feelings about your bad, and I'm just containing it for a little bit, kind of like a nuclear reactor. But that's okay. Sure. Well, don't go Chernobyl on me. I'm not. <laughs> um, I loved the glass. I loved all of it because it represented what is happening to the to the Fraser family. It represented what's happening to the house, how the situation yeah. between Jamie and Claire is just, it's it's being shattered and it is it is just strewn about. Everybody in the Fraser family is strewn about mm-hmm. just like all the glass. It is a Ooh, perfect motif. That. Perfect motif uh that Jamie Payne once again in his greatness decides to utilize. And again, every single shot Every single word, everything has to be there with a purpose. And Jamie Payne gets it. In my other great, my third great, and this is why I played this at the top of our episode. We all know that J- Claire is not going to die. We all know that Jamie is not going to die, right? We, we just know it. 
Because if they do, this show's over. And we know that there's going to be they a season seven. have to die seven. at some point. I know. And that's when this show's going to end. What I'm saying is we know a season seven's coming. And like when they're, when she, when she's being carted off in the wagon, like I know she's going to be okay. When Jamie is on the beach, I know he's going to be okay. However, the great are the moments between the two that are shared, that are small, when, when they themselves consider their fate, right? Because they don't know they're going to, they're not going to die, but we do. But it's these moments where where Jamie is what? <laughs> yeah, where Claire's like, it's okay, it's okay. The papers said that we that it, we die much later, and Jamie's like, yeah, newspapers are always wrong, Claire. Right, we yeah, may true. die tomorrow. Yes, like it, there there are there are moments shared between Jamie and Claire that are very special, mm-hmm. and the one that I want to call out is Jamie saying, "Yeah, you know, like." I'd be totally happy right now if this was my last meal. Mm-hmm. It's not Jamie saying, we're going to be okay or we're going to die. It's, hey, if this happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's a moment of truth between two characters who don't know their fate, even though we do. That exploration is a fantastic, fantastic um, um exploration between two characters i just love all your fantastics and perfects and amazings and you gave it a low score well if you'd like i can explain it Marvin. no i don't need to explain because i just i, 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 I just think you're a pessimist and i've known this about you ever since we no, got together because i think the things that it, it does <laughs> we I, all know Blake. i think the things that it does poorly it does very poorly and i think the things that it does great it does very great just like last episode it, there are there's so much to love about last episode and there's just so much to be disappointed in in my opinion and of course we all need to keep in mind that this is just Blake's opinion some people can like chocolate and others like vanilla and right now you're just on the chocolate well, I, train I, listen a 4 or 5 is a, it's it's actually i think the best rating this entire season that i've given okay so it's a respect that's a respectable Kilt rating. Awesome. Where right. where the show doesn't live up to its expectations is the fact that it's not a finale. And and if they're using it as a finale, then it's not a it, then it's not a good finale. Okay. Well, I disagree. But <laughs> okay. Okay. So want to jump in to the show discussion? Uh, yes. Are you done with your GBGs? Yes, I'm done with the GBGs. Where you just continue to have more and more and more and more greats. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. No, we don't need it. No, we no, don't need it. No, we don't no, need it. Well, let, so, let, me, let me just say what I want to say. And then did, did, did this season oh, – I actually know what – do you want to start – do you want to have a conversation about the season at large? I just want to talk about the show. I just okay, want to talk about the darn show. All right, show. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Mrs. Bug, slowest person ever. Pregnant Lizzie, slowest person ever. What the heck? <laughs> How far away do these people live? Pretty far. The Pretty Fisher far. folk made it all over there. Oh, they were they were doing double time to get to that place. I'm just getting rid of like the lower people so we could talk about the meat and potatoes in a hot second. However, that Fisher folk woman that comes up, burn the witch. She's <laughs> the same woman who put down Henri Christian. Really? Yes. Huh, interesting. Why are these people allowed to still be free, uh, the Fraser's tenants? Like, you suck. Get off my land. You're done. Go find some other ridge. 
Uh, yeah, and the, all the fish are full. Just seriously, what if you don't like the Fraser Jamie so much? Jamie is the most patient landlord. Get him off. Goodbye. Get him off the land. Get get the pink pink slips out. Okay. <laughs> yes. Get Lord John Gray to bring over some beautiful. Um, you know. Um, what's that thing when you have the nice official stuff, the letterhead? Mm-hmm. You know Lord John Gray would give Jamie letterhead for his birthday. Mm-hmm. Write it on there. You're officially <laughs> evicted. Goodbye. And you know he gave him the stamp thing, too. Oh, he did give him a of wax Of course seal. he did. Oh, I totally agree. Of course he did. So we, of course, have Jamie and Claire. Veronica says she's a colonial Karen. She is a colonial Karen. Well done. She reminded me of the lady that uh, is uh, the partner of Cogsworth in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And where when he comes back to human, he's like, oh, my God, I have to be back with oh, this woman. Yeah. She reminded me a lot of that person. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Um, so I just, you know, it, we, we, of course, get to be in this big, big, giant, beautiful house. We have not only all the glass breaking and the bullets coming in, but you see Claire running through the house, locking several doors, several shutters. Oh, yeah, ready to go. Really to remind you, though, of how big this house is. And to me, that signified how big their family is. You know, we do have Fergus and Marsley in New Bern. And Jamie thankfully says, I'm glad nobody's here because all the kids would have been here. All the wee, wee ones are gone, you know. And so I thought it was really interesting to kind of have that have that come to Jamie's forefront. Once again, the tourists in him saying, yeah, we've got Mrs. Bug, who's slow as molasses. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, who's pregnant, probably like stopping to have sex, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what Lizzie's doing? Lizzie, though, comes through. Oh. Um, they all do. It's fine. But. Just this big empty house, and it's like empty nesters. And it must this is what happens when you get an empty nest. Do you think you're gonna retire and relax and have a quiet home? No, the jabronis are gonna come and shoot <laughs> the jabronis. at you. <laughs> Something that was a little hard for me, <laughs> okay, what's that? Is throughout all these times when Claire is like, oh no, I have to help these people. They're sick. They're injured. They're terrible. They're murderous scum. And yet some guy comes in her home. Goodbye. I'm going to shoot you. And it's like a deathly wound. (laughs) Claire never misses a shot in this episode. Really? Do you know who does? Jamie. Jamie. Jamie totally does. All the jabronis. But Claire Fraser. I don't know. I know what she's been doing. She's been practicing probably extra with um, with Roger to make him feel better. Like when, when Bree's not around, she's probably been like, Roger, let's sneak in somewhere practice so you can like right. feel more confident. Sharpshooting skills. Left and right. You, you want a hand pistol? You want a long gun? I've got it all. Claire doesn't friggin' miss a shot. <laughs> Shooting people left and right, getting guys in the bums. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Shoots a guy in his back. She got it. She She has it, man. She's There's no doctor law right now happening with sharpshooter Claire. <laughs> Just dropping guys left and right. Uh, you know where I really feel like the episode really sang is when Ian finally shows up and Lizzie comes running out and she says, they took him. And at that point, you could like see Ian, you could see something in Ian that just clicked. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, that's it. And then all of a sudden when, you know, Jamie's going to take a piss and, and, and Ian shows up and there he is. Then you could feel you were outside of the, 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 the lagging middle. You were outside of the traveling and just all the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to a point where we're like, 
okay, something is going to happen here outside of what we expect. When Ian shows up, that's when things take the take a big turn. And you know Ian knows of the secret trap door in the basement. Oh, yeah. Did that give anybody else just like feelings of, um, what are those people, the survivalists? Oh, yes. You know when the survivalists all kind of came out when the pandemic started and they were all like, see, we told you. This is where we have all those seeds and I've got my basement of guns. You know? <laughs> But we watched a few of those YouTube videos, yeah. we being me, because I didn't know what was going to happen. There were aliens <laughs> flying around the Pentagon, guys. Did we all forget murder hornets? Anyway, I oh, watched murder some, hornets. Guys, I did forget about I know, that. I know. Everyone did, except me. So I watched some <laughs> Do- of those YouTube Doomsday trails. Preppers. Doomsday That's, Preppers. Thank you, Megan, on Facebook. Thank oh, you. my gosh. And you know, what I loved about the guns, I know I'm going back to the guns. Yep. But Claire was in the World War. And yes, she was a nurse, sure. but you know they taught those nurses how to shoot. And Claire now gets all the guns she wants. Mm-hmm. She's like, military training? I got this. Sella <laughs> guns. That's what we're going to call them. Sella guns yes, from now on. Yes. <laughs> so I agree. You, you know that the tides are changing. The tides are turning. When Ian rolls up, Lizzie tells him they're gone, and he's got the extra key to the basement. Sella guns. Your cousin from Boston. <laughs> Uh, you, know, you know what actually I thought of during that scene? I the thought of the cellar ma- gun yeah, scene? Yeah, cellar gun scene. Okay. I thought of the Matrix. We're going to oh, need guns. Okay. Lots of guns. Nice. I, <laughs> see, you went classier and I went to the Doomsday yeah. Preppers. <laughs> I referenced, you know, uh, a cinema historic experience and you re- referenced Doomsday Preppers. Here I am. I'm like too afraid to own a gun and I'm like, maybe a hatchet. <laughs> so as Jamie and Claire in this house, you know, get the shutters, Claire. She failed to that task. Mm-hmm. They were shooting too much. They take that gorgeous dining room table with all the food on it. Oh, yeah. Just, and, and, uh, did, notice with the candles. With a lit freaking candle. Two lit candles. Don't don't tell me. I, I didn't, that didn't pass by me. I saw just, that. Just knocking it over. Yep. Not, all of us just held our breath for a second, even though we know it's going to be okay. It's not okay. Taking that, moving the bureau. We get to have little moments of adso. Eating yeah. that leftover food. And and there was also that brilliant shot of Adso crossing the screen as Jamie and Claire were laying down. Laying by the fire. Laying by the fire. And if, like, in case you missed it, they included an Adso, Adso sound effect. Oh, they did. Of a meow. They have added so much Adso knowing that we've wanted to see him. However... I've been so nervous for that wee little kitty because <laughs> I don't think he makes it out of the fire. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm like, he is such a chill cat. There have been guns blowing off. You think about animals on the 4th of July when the fireworks are miles away. Mm-hmm. Adso was pretty chill. <laughs> Just <laughs> that was our around. cat. She would have had her hair still puffed out. Oh, the guaranteed. tail would have been like five miles big. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just eating that food. But that little moment, by the fire said, you know, we've talked now a bit about the house being blown to smithereens. And then they do get to start to have some quiet time, which I don't understand, but we'll get back to that. Well, what do you mean? Uh, before Tom Christie came mm-hmm. to the rescue and said, why don't you have a good night's sleep? Go have sex. Okay, you can have sex in peace. I understand that. Sure. But prior to Tom Christie, Fisher Folk, Lady from Beauty and the Beast, Burn the Witch, when it's the jabronis outside mm-hmm. with guns, 
and Claire and Jamie inside with guns. Mm-hmm. And then they're just having this little snuggle fest, eat glass food. <laughs> Why didn't the jabronis just go in? You know, the, you know how he was saying like, oh, it's going to be a long night. They might burn our house right now. Why didn't the jabronis just burn their house down? Why didn't they just storm them? There were so many. Yeah, it feels. Well, it, it it's isn't it because uh, but Hiram Crombie showed up and they wouldn't let. No, but I'm saying before the Fisher folk arrived. Oh, 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 you're right, you're right. Sorry, because um, yeah, things change when the Fisher folk come. Yes, but I'm wondering before then they had so many more people. Yeah, it's very writerly, and you just see them on the outside. It was. Is it or you know how. There was a moment where Jamie said, I want you to go into these other rooms and I want you to pretend that you're Josiah so that that way they might think that there's more people in this house. Yeah, and that was very smart. That's, that's a. But I didn't feel that way. I did. I would have liked to have someone um, from the safety patrol be like, I don't, how many are in there? Like, I would have liked just that to give me a hesitancy as to why they didn't go any further. Was it just because that one guy got shot in the tummy? That he's like, never mind, don't yeah, go in. No, no. <laughs> I think I think that's I I think it's a writerly thing. Because Lionel Brown would have shot Jamie. Uh, there's that moment where Claire yells duck. Yeah. You know, and Jamie, he's like beating off. There's like five guys off of him and he's right. trying to find the knife. And then he's standing up, and Lionel Brown has his he, he shoots at him. Yes. And he just misses. Yes, because Jamie ducks. Yeah. So it's not that he doesn't want to kill Jamie. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, for no. Me. It's because the show needed them to have have their scene. That's what it really comes down to. Because they were cuddling by the fire, obviously nervous. Both yeah. of them vocally nervous. Um, and I love how Claire says, "You know, being with you just makes me feel so peaceful." Like I yes. just, and I love that about this couple. They both don't know what's going to happen. Jamie says, "We may die." We may have our house burned to smithereens. The mm-hmm. newspapers are often wrong. Um, so I loved that moment for them while I was confused. Uh, Sherry here on Facebook says, I think Richard Brown wants the house. He's jealous of Jamie's I'm good saying fortune. Lionel. Yeah, whatever. Um, I've, been, I've been talking about him so much this season that I'm like, that's whose name is on my mind. Now, if there was a scene where, Sorry, where Richard, Richard Brown, if Richard was saying, said to somebody, hey, don't fire the house. Yes. Because I want it. Yes. That, that house is mine. Yes. Uh, now, now I'm buying it. Agreed. I'm buying it. But I, that it's the. We needed just a little I, explanation. I have, to, I have to squint to see that, and I don't know if that was actually the show's intent, right? Because like you, well, like okay, so the difference between when I say when I, when I say the show is just showing you as opposed to telling you, the show is showing you with intent, Wilmington. Right, it's showing you with intent to give you the the temperature of the colony at in, in that very moment in that very place, and it's showing you. It's not telling you. This is doing neither. It's neither telling you nor is it showing you. It's just expecting you to fill in the gap. Do you see the difference? Yes. Um, I wish there was some. If that was the intent, I'm buying that intent. I just don't know if it was. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I agreed. I whether it's storming the house, burning the house. I agree. I would have just wanted a little something. So that was the only that was that was part of the reason why I couldn't give this a five plus is mm-hmm. I didn't understand 
that bit. Sure. And it, and even, is it Claire who even says something like, why are they not coming in? Or, you know, when Jamie's saying it's going to be a long night and they may burn the house. So there's these variables and I didn't understand why they didn't. And maybe that's okay because we are with Jamie and Claire and they don't know why either. So I guess one can sit with that. Sure. Um, well, you know, before we continue, yes. let's let's thank our uh, thank our partners mm-hmm. uh, in this season. All right, Mary, it's it's a little too late for the burn stuff because it happened last night for us here, at least. And that's okay. But you know what you want to do what? for the next burn supper? Okay, you go to scarletshop.com. Yes, that's what you do. You want to know why? Why? You got to look good. You do. You got to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the thing with me. When I go to a place, what do I always say, Mary? What do I always say? When you go where? When I go to a place and I, I want and I want to get service, what do I say? Got to feel like I'm getting taken care of. Yes. Got to feel like I'm getting taken care of. And that's what they do. They set you up with all the history. They set you up with all the appointments. They uh, t- Talking to you, describing all the different products, describing to you all the different wools and, and plaids and the meanings and everything. They make you feel like they're taken care of. They truly do. It's and, a beautiful experience. Yes, and I love going there. I, like I love talking to the people there because they got these like authentic uh, 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 Scottish accents. Even better, they even got a store in New York now. <laughs> like they came across the pond. I wonder if people are like, and then that Blake Lawson with his authentic Boston accent. I know it's authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so I don't know. You go there, you get set up. You get set up for the Highland Games. You get set up for the next Burns Supper. I don't know. Maybe you got a St. Andrews Society or running around in your, in your maybe state. Maybe you want to go to the Tartan Parade next year. Who knows? Get all the stuff. Get the stuff for the women. Get the stuff for the men. And you know what the best thing is? What? When you shop at scotlandshop.com, mm-hmm. what you do is you go there with a with a discount code and coupon code. It's a discount code. It's Outlander. And Easy to it's remember. from us because we take care of you. We want them to know that, we're, that you are from us. And they... Will make you feel like you're taken care of. Love it. Oh, you see how I wrapped that up there I like do. that? It's almost like I'm a prof- professional podcaster. Oh. Imagine that. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever you want to do with the next uh, part. So we here. get our white flag of truce from from Jabrowney, from Richard, who yeah, I've been th- calling Lionel. Oh my god! <laughs> sorry, 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 and podcast listener. I, I could see. But- I could see if 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 Richard said, "Hey, all right, everybody, stop shooting." I get it. White flag moment. Because he's he does trying, that. Yeah, he's he's doing a parlay. All right, he's doing a parlay. Okay, in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. All right? But after the parlay, we're back to war. It's over. We're done. It's it, well because Jamie shoots it at him. Shoots at his foot. Shoots his hat. Yeah. This is probably his best Agreed, hat. Agreed. Because but then he goes back. <laughs> Mary, he his best hat. Mary, you're right. You're absolutely right. The it the 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 the, the reasoning behind the, the the house not getting fired, in my opinion, non-existent. No, it would have made sense if he just said something. I want that house. I want those teal walls. Mm. I want that table. I want Adso. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me. Can I please have the kitty? <laughs> I know, right? All right. So then, of course, we cut to our big um, talk between Roger and Bree. And yes. this is when they're out in the woods and Wee Jemmy is just playing around. And they have a great conversation. And, you know... This is where we can have our little time traveler talk, Blake. Where's our little sound clip? Where what? we're going. We oh, don't uh, need roads. Oh, I don't oh, okay. Sorry, hold on. I I'll just it. do it. Where oh. we're going. No, no, no. I, I got I got the sound clip. You just you, you gotta give me a second. Okay. Here. 
Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. All right, my so boy. So if yeah. you yourself were in the future, uh-huh. and if I was in the future, if we were Roger well, and Bree. If, we if we were in the past. Yes. Not the future. Sorry, back to the future always messes me up. <laughs> <laughs> so right. if we were from the future, there yep. we go. If you were from the future, say you were Roger, I was Bree. Oh, cool. You're Rick Rankin. Um, and we had a kid. <laughs> when would you want to tell the child? All of, all the stuff, any of the stuff. How would you go about this? Because Roger and Bree go through this discussion. When do we tell him? Do we tell you him? You know what? Interesting. It, it's an interesting discussion. It's it one is. of the. It's one of the few bits of the Roger and Bree stuff that I really liked. Hmm. Um, maybe it's just because I'm a parent now, and like you, you have to have these kind of conversations as a parent. You know, like when do we do this, and when when do we show him Star Wars, and when do I when do I take him to go see Goodfellas? Um, <laughs> apparently, for my dad, it was when I was seven. I love that these are the conversations <laughs> that you have to figure out. And for me, it's explaining menstruation to my daughter, and I say, well, just like chickens lay eggs, mammals have eggs that are inside, and it's very different. That's how I explain it to an almost seven-year-old. You're welcome. So cute. Um, no, I'm just loving that yours is Goodfellas, and well, I'm here having menstruation chats. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, Mary, that's a great question. And it was, it was an interesting question posed in the show. Here's what I'll say. Um, they run a risk of, I don't care about them. I want to know about you. This isn't a show. This is about you. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So Mary and Blake are back in time. Okay. We're back in time. You know, I'm complaining. You gotta do the Huey Lewis song. We're going to be back in time. Not want to sleep in a tent. Gonna be so freaking anxious all night. Oh my goodness! Just, Someone's gonna come. Just camping out in the middle of nowhere. <gasps> oh, that was that's misery. That no would not thanks. do well for us. You'd get all the bugs on you. Oh, I, I would just, I would just be miserable. Okay, I'd, I'd but... be the most miserable person <laughs> on this planet. We actually wouldn't leave the ridge. No, we'd be like, you know what? We're staying. We're just gonna that stay in the basement. Thing, yeah, whatever. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> give me all the guns. Give me. Give, I'll stay with the seller guns. Thank you so I'll much. I'll go on the uh, University of Arizona website. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make my own degree with some letterhead from, from Lord John. <laughs> University of Phoenix, what not Arizona. <laughs> Whatevs. Still out west. Hey, at least it's the same. Hey, you know what? Stats are for nerds. Preach. Stats okay, so Blake, we're back in time. Uh, we have a child. I bring up this conversation. When should we tell them oh, about man. this? Or do we ever? Okay, so my answer to all of this would be... You like, tell pretend we're going for a walk. Okay, we just got some blueberries or something. <laughs> hey, Blake. <laughs> we're like this out. Hey, Blake. Yeah, Mary. So I was just thinking, like, you know, when should we, te- when should we tell Reese about us being from the future? Hold on, these blueberries are full. You know, like, we're going to know about the war coming up. Yeah, that's right. So, uh... What do you think we should do? I don't think we should tell him about the war, Mary, um, necessarily. Like, we shouldn't tell him, like, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. We, we're going to win. Um, but you know what? That's a good question, Mary. And I think we should tell him. You never say my questions are good questions. That's not true. That's I say that all the time. On podcasts. I would say <laughs> I would say that the sooner the better. You tell me, Mary, it's 1030 at night. <laughs> That's, that is very Why true. Why are you asking me this question about time traveling? Why are you asking me about the meaning of life at 1030 <laughs> at night when I'm trying to go to bed? What do you um, think we should do? I think we should tell him as soon as possible. And 
maybe it's not right now because we run the risk of him so going off. So different than as soon as possible. Well, no, not, I mean, not like, I mean, not like, young. hey, we're going to go have this conversation like in 10 minutes. Okay. I'm thinking maybe within the next couple of years we should tell him because, I mean, what if we have to go back to the future? I don't want to go back. My mom's here and I'm working on my water wheel. Yeah, but God forbid we have to go back for whatever reason. Like, who knows? All of a sudden, we, we have this kid and then he, he goes from riding in carriages to, to flying he cars. How his mouth shut? Kids are very impressionable at this age. Look Kids at, make things look up at all Germain. the time. Look at what that jabroni did. Kids make things up How all the time. How could we say French? Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> Kids make things up all the time. They, they got imaginations. Yeah, I'm from the future. Yeah, but everyone yeah, sure. thinks my mom's a witch. Well, now I'm doing hocus pocus stuff. Yeah, but you're going stuff. to. We're going to. I this, need we're matches. Not, we're, not, we're not gonna be. We're not gonna be with your mom. We're gonna be somewhere totally somewhere else for like a month, Roger well, Blake. You tell him as soon as you can, and then and then it, then we're the, gonna then, go back home. Then the newness of it's over, and then we're, we're we're just back to normal life. Don't you think he's gonna have questions? Of course, and then we have to be honest. Got to be honest. Got to have got to have an honest conversation with your kids so that you don't give them all the copays. You only give them some of the copays. When inevitably, inevitably, for and this is just me saying mm-hmm. this. I know that if I'm from the future and I'm in, I'm back in the past, and if there is one thing wrong with my kid that I know that can get healed in a in a heartbeat in the in the future, then I'm going to the future. I'm going. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going because that's my kid and I have a responsibility to take care of that kid. If there's one thing wrong with you, my wife, that I know can get handled in the future and can't right now, I'm going to the future. Well, why won't you get me ramen when I want it? (laughs) I always get – what did I do today, Mary? You did just get me ice cream. That's right. That is (laughs) – I was supposed to be doing prep for for the show and what did I do? Okay. I don't feel good. I took lots of naps today. I'm a mammal. I'll put it like that. Something else is happening that I had to explain today. So I got ice cream. <laughs> You're welcome, world. Oh, man. Whatevs, man. We're I all human. I, I'm not saying that. I, that's not the problematic part. You, you know what I think? <laughs> what? Here's what I think. I think about the same time that a uh, truth about someone around Yule. I'm just saying this just oh, in case okay. I'm like I'm sure. a speaker. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When that might be something that you could bridge the conversation with. Maybe that's the age that you can start to do time travel stuff. Yeah, well, how old's Jimmy right now? What, like He looks six, really young. Four? He looks really young in the show. Three? Not that young. I'd say he looks like four. four. Yeah, four. I'll give, you, I'll give you four. I'm not telling a four-year-old. You know what? <sighs> when you're the magical age of 11 and you're about to get your Hogwarts letter, <laughs> that's when you know. That's when you know. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> okay. On, Mary. So we've got them walking through the forest. Jemmy does the cutest little thing. Says hi to the baby. baby. Oh. Oh my goodness gracious. And then as he's doing that, he's got all that gorgeous hair rubbing all over his mom. Yeah. And you know what's right there too. The hairiest chest this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Rankin. Oh. His side of the Mississippi. He's got hair, man. All the hair. He does not need a Snuggie. Probably gets really hot at night. So here's all this lice. And and Roger's like, 
oh, I want to have a matching birthmark. Cut off my hair. And then we see him having sex. Oh, no, that was, that before. was before. Yeah. But we've seen, we know how much hair is on you, Roger. Right. You need to take a special lice You got lice so everywhere, fast. guy. We saw your you need, hairy butt. You need like, to go full dolphin. You, yes. <laughs> and there's Brie, you know, with her yeah. sex scene of like, come here, lice, flipping it, flopping it back and forth. Right for the take, oh. baby. Come on over. <laughs> oh, the pubic lice were having a heyday during oh, that scene. Oh, my goodness gracious. I just went there. Yes, you but did. But I, did just lo- I just loved all this lice. And we saw so much hair. Hair yeah. in the previous All bit. All the hair. Every hair bit of hair there ever was. Bree's the one cutting it, yeah, and all of her hair is like right next it's just to like me, touching Jimmy. It, you know. <laughs> oh, man. That's not how it works here. No. no. Gotta go get those special combs and the special shampoo and super cuts. It's just weird. It's so gross. I hate lice. I've never had it, knock on wood. Uh, never in my life. So, what else in this episode do you want to discuss? We're going to do the Bree and Roger sex play because I know you're not into it. But I'm here for it. Not, I wasn't into. Can their, I tell you? I wasn't into their flirting. I wasn't into. I, I will say this: the visual language of the sex scenes, both Roger and Bree and Jamie and Claire, both rhymed very well. In your face, right up and in them, like you know. And that's how the lace felt. The the, <laughs> the <laughs> and that's how you know they're making a purposeful choice in trying yes. to contrast the two stories. Yes. Right. And as Angela duly noted in her in her recap, you know there is this the, the journey of turmoil with Jamie and Claire, and that's contrasted against the journey of peace and joy and and revelation uh, for Bree and Roger. And on paper, I think it works very well. Just the execution uh, I, I, between the characters for me, it just it didn't. It just fell. It fell a little flat for me. The Roger? Yeah. I'll tell you this. I I enjoyed it. It was very different. We've gotten very used to the Jamie-Claire sex, which is very, very different. Plus, it was in a very uh, passionate, tense place. We got the butt crack, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of butt crack. Just, hey, you know, we're here. <laughs> we're here for it. Hey, I'm not kink shaming. No, the, the, they got to do some different stuff. A lot of people stuff. are into it. Cat's pregnant. Okay, you gotta like make do with what you got. <laughs> okay, we can't have some boobs. What can we get? Can we get some butt? Nice. All right, All give right. me the butt. Give me the butt. Um, <laughs> so, um, but obviously, you know, we're we're so emotionally invested in Jamie and Claire, and we've been with them all these years. We know. We know what they like to do. Mm-hmm. She gets her little like finger in his mouth. There is a little some like oh, action. <laughs> But we're not privy to that much with Roger and Bree. And no. it still is a younger relationship. And I thought it was rather cute because their verbal foreplay is not Jamie and Claire. Jamie and Claire's no. verbal foreplay is when they're fighting. Yes. And they're calling each other names and they're throwing stuff at each other. And then you've got a very different sexual dynamic between Roger and Bree. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> you know, like maybe we should go the scenic route. But here's the scoop, Blake. As you like, uh, because that's not your style. Well, it's not that it's not my style. It's just that there's 0.0 chemistry. When, when, in again, in contrasting to Sam and Kat, who have. 10, uh, 10 out of 10 chemistry. You, 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 you no, I, I, I am much more into the Jamie and Claire. Yes. 
shenanigans as sadly Blake has to know because Blake will be like, come on, don't you want to like, you know? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> what ifs? I'm being real. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't want to have the scenic route. Okay. Oh, okay. I see what you're Just, saying. Let's go. Giddy up. All right. <laughs> I don't want to do the Roger Bree route. That's not for me. Lots of people. It is good for you. <laughs> What else, man? Mary. We're all we're all human, okay? We ain't nothing but mammals. We ain't nothing but mammals, okay? Mary. I'm sorry. My dad doesn't doing? listen to this podcast. What the hell are you doing? Nothing bad, nothing bad. Whatever. Everybody knows people have sex, okay? I know. So, <laughs> what I'm just saying is that there's different strokes for different folks. People like different kinds of foreplay, and that Brie and Roger, that's for them. Good for them. It's not my cup of tea, and I'm more here for the <laughs> Jamie and Claire sex, but I'm happy for them, and it's cute. It's cute. And I did like that I need to move because of my bump. That was cute. Yes. And she gives, you know, has a little nickname Ace for him thrown oh, in there. Mary. And they're worried about, will Jimmy wake up? It's just, you know, like new parent sex. Oh, man. You make me laugh. In the tent. You make me laugh, man. It's so funny. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen, if anybody has to, like, push stop at this point, they, they're like the witch woman. Witch. I'm going to make a fun of Henri Christian. Witch. She's a witch. And if anyone had a different opinion of what I would be like. Oh, man. Y'all don't know me. That's true. Good point. Good point. Um, so, but I, again, I think there are, there are some things to really like about, like, I really liked Roger's reaction. And I even really liked Bree's reaction to the whole revelation. I just love how you contradict yourself. Yep. Well, I'm trying to be positive. I know, Mary. I know, and I th I agree with you. I found it quite cute for their relationship. Like it's very different the way they speak with each other, their playfulness. Yes. I just think it is. It's very cute. They're having sex in a tent right in the next room from their son, and she's pregnant, and they're on the ground, and they're from a very different time. Yes. I think Quite it's literally. wild. <laughs> Talking about going 75 miles per hour. Yeah, vroom, vroom. And then also talking about their breakup. That is a nice bit right there. Like that was, hey, we almost broke up that day. And uh, yada, yada. Like, you know. We did break up. And then I traveled through time to be back with you. You know, it's, it's, some of it's very good. And I, and you have to appreciate all the, all the parts that are very good. And I think that's a fair thing to do. Uh, in addition to being uh, constructively critical of some of the things that, that don't succeed as much. So, Mary, with that in mind, my question to you, and this is an open question, like an open, this is an open-ended question, which is, this season as a whole, now that we've seen the entire season. Yeah, we're only halfway through the episode. Well, what else do you got? Claire and Jamie getting stoned, Tom Christie giving some soup. Oh, all right. Here, here's Ian a, saving the day. Is Tom? Does this episode confirm that Tom Christie is in fact in love with Claire. What do you think, Blake? I think the show makes an effort to say that he is, but I think they do it poorly. Okay. I but I think that they're trying to get us to understand that that Tom and I have an outlandish theory. Um should I do the outlandish theory right now? We're here for it. Yeah, sure, why not? Here we go. 
All right, you ready for the outlandish theory? Here we go. Yeah. The outlandish theory is brought to you by Weebox. Weebox. You go to Weebox. As a matter of fact, go there and just get all the stuff because Weebox freaking rocks. Weebox should be named Treat Yourself. Treat Yourself Box. Because they get you all five different gifts and treasures from that are worth way more than the cost of the box. Uh, and they're often exclusive. And they can't be bought outside of Scotland. Usually it's, you know, a delicious treat or it's the little things of tartans. Again, it's just things that you just can't get outside of Scotland. It comes right from there. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things, too, comes wrapped up in Scotland newspaper. It's so cute. You know, this would be a great Mother's Day gift. Uh, if you have a mother in your life who who loves Scotland or Outlander, or if your family really messes up Mother's Day, you treat yourself and you make it your makeup Mother's Day present. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Here's my outlandish theory. Tom knows who killed Malva. And that's why he is trying to save Claire. Because he knows that he's done wrong in in certain ways uh, that his family has done done wrong especially Alan and he's trying to make up for it what's Alan doing wrong Alan is the one that's snitching to the browns and he's ma- trying to make up for it and that's why he's saying if you guys died I couldn't live with that on my conscience I couldn't live with that on my head it, it won't happen because of me I'm going to sit here and protect I'm going to I'm going to come with you and protect you to make sure that all this stuff happens uh, that you get taken care of. So he knows who killed Malva. And my thought is it's not him. It, it wasn't him that killed Malva. Now that his hand's all better? What do you mean? His hand got fixed from Claire. Well, well yeah. Um, I don't think it was him because if it were him, he wouldn't be around. It w- He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that mortal sin. No, it just, he wouldn't be around. But he knows who did. And he's trying to save Claire and Jamie from that. And it wasn't him that, it wasn't Tom who uh, put the baby in Malva either. My sense is that he knows it's Alan. Ew. Alan who did both. That's my guess. And is standing there with the Fisher folk saying, burn the witch. Alan's with the Fisher Folk peeps. That's what I'm saying. Because Alan wants wants Jamie and Claire dead. D-E-D dead. Wants them out. And you think Tom has the answers to this clue game. I think Tom does. He knows that and it's the, Colonel Mustard. Yes. With with the revolver? With, with the knife? With some kind of... Not the candlestick. Yes. So I, I just got the... I, I, I've got a feeling Ooh. that Tom knows who it is, and that's why he's protecting Jamie and Claire. That's why he stepped up. To take care of them. Well, collectively, we all say, interesting. Mark me. Please hang up and try again. Mark at zero, dude. Telling you. Mark at zero. Um, I do love when Tom Christie says, they will not kill or harm Jamie. Like, Tom really makes sure to say that to Claire. And we get quite a bit of Claire voiceover uh, when she's in the cart, you know, being mm-hmm. dragged away. And she's saying, well, maybe Tom really thinks that Jamie's going to be okay. Or maybe he knows he's dead and he's just trying to make me feel better. But this sucks. And then Claire's in jail. And we get that scene with her and Tom. And, of course, we get the um, the credits scene of him touching her hand. 
Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm saying that the show is trying to tell you that Tom that Tom is in love with Claire, because if if, if it was just, uh, oh, I really like Claire and she's cool and like it, they're trying to keep a mystery of it all and they're not a hundred percent sure, mm-hmm. they're not showing that hand touching scene. They're not showing that, but they are, and they did, and Tom is being like, I'm not leaving at all. I'm hmm. here to protect you, like. A, a man, a man that's in the friend zone, does that. Oh, I'm just throwing that out there. Interesting. So there you go. Um, we get, of course, Jamie on the beach, and Ian saves the day mm-hmm. with all of his friends. We get the hand shot, and then the eye shot. We get John Quincy Myers. John JQM, he is baby, back, showing up out of nowhere. He's back. Let's just go. He's back. Giddy up. <laughs> the grand I'm here for the JQM. Oh, yes. I am so excited. <laughs> but it does it it brings back memories of of um, you know, all the all the clansmen going and saving Claire yes. from Blackjack, you know, yes, making absolutely. this huge plan to go rescue her. Um, so I'm just I'm excited for season 7. Well, it's even reminiscent of season 5 when they go rescue Claire. Yeah, but less rapey. Like that was like a dark situation, whereas yes. the music in this felt more. Come on, gang, let's go get her. Yes, I really liked that final shot of them all on on the horses on the beach going off. Um, yeah, good shot. You know, and and this episode provided actually a lot of different scenes in the in the opening montage in the in the in the credit scenes these past couple of of episodes have really been just such a treat as a longtime show watcher with familiar faces familiar musical themes uh little voice bits Mm -hmm. that we've got going on through the hauntings of claire Mm -hmm. so i really think they did a lovely job knowing that they had a short amount of time to work with knowing that they were going to have to put a pin in major storylines yeah um but that being said Said. They are currently filming season seven. I think they finished episode two today. Oh. Um, and it's going to be a long season. So. Yeah, 16 episodes to my knowledge. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I. To, I believe to, that's it. To my knowledge, it's 16. And um, this was. So even though it may not feel like a, a regular finale for you, Blake, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I think that it was beautiful watching, beautifully tragic watching this house be shot apart. I loved seeing Jamie and Claire be scared together. Mm-hmm. We've seen them be scared for their lives apart, whether it's through sickness or war or just they are apart from each other. And this was a really cool moment to see how they handled it, um, to see their their love making knowing that they could be very well dead the next day um so i just i i loved seeing um you know ian come save the day after how they've had to take care of him so mm-hmm. many times and yeah i'm i'm a big fan big big fan yeah um again i i think the really i think the episode really 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 sang when it came to jamie and claire discussing their own fates within the context of the episode itself mm-hmm. because again it's the exploration isn't oh are jamie and claire gonna live we know they're going to like we like when when claire when when jamie sorry when claire's getting taken away i know she's gonna be okay when jamie it wakes up in the, in the middle of the beach and he's like you're going to scotland and you know and i know he's gonna be okay it's gonna happen it's gonna be fine it's what are the characters doing in the middle of it all 
when they're trying to process their own fate. They're trying to process their own mortality and exploring that in, in a, in a, in a patient and calm setting that this episode allowed for. Yeah. Um, that is when the episode really does what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, we, we are at an hour 11, Mary. So I, I don't want to... I'm starting to get a little tired. Can you can see, see me it. like yes, slowly? Slowly <laughs> deflating. Um, so here's my question, Mary. Now that we've seen this season in its entirety... Um, irrespective of your my thoughts on the finale or whatever uh, shortcomings the finale the the finale I aspect, loved the finale no, give it a five or what I'm saying is any shortcomings that the, that the finale may have had like the dirty fingers <laughs> the season on the whole the season writ large if yes. you will is it a successful season is it one that tells a complete story and. Where do you rank this season among the others? I do not think that it tells a complete story as it leaves on an obvious cliffhanger. But to me, this story was about um, kind of the frailty of Jamie and Claire, particularly mm-hmm. Claire, and getting to know the younger generation mm-hmm. and really the family unit as a whole, that there is no one who is... You know, it's the whole thing where a bundle of sticks, like one stick by itself can break, but bundled together, you can't break them. Um, So to me, this season was about this family, was about the trials that they've gone through, how they pull each other through it, and also the frailty of Claire and how Jamie is now pulling her through it. Now Ian is helping, you know, pull them through it. So to me, it's just um, the family unit really being there for each other. Yeah. I think this this season was very, very extraordinarily successful in exploring Claire's mental health and in 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 doing it in a manner that you don't quite see that often on television mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not that it hasn't happened to happen or appeared before, but yes, I think it's a unique way to tell a story about a main character, especially a female um main character. I think the show succeeded very well in that. And if I were to if I were to squint and make an argument that it told a that it told a story of change, mm-hmm. um, if I had to make an argument, this is my argument. Because and, and again, let me let me preface this. We do have no. I need to tell you, Ruth and Carr says you should listen to some of Meryl's comments. They did not know they were cutting the season short until halfway through. Uh, they we have to cut them a break due to the cold weather, COVID, and of course a pregnant Katrina. Yes. So okay, my okay. Well, let's let's put a pin in my previous argument. Right now, my argument to that is fair. You, you you found out halfway through. You're going to get lots of those same comments right now. <laughs> you found out halfway through that, okay, we're going to have to put a hold on things here. We're going to have to figure out where to stop. Okay, you found out halfway through. That means it was probably happening about a quarter of the way, like where you were like, oh, are we going to be able to do this? And then you had to make the decision. And then you finally make the decision halfway through because those kinds of decisions don't happen on a dime. They don't go, okay, we're stopping everything. Sorry. Like you have schedules and you have people and you got, you got a whole range of things. Never mind the work stoppage that happened due to the conditions that were that were being held. I mean, that's that's the. That's I mean, the, that's it. This that's is- the dirty little secret of the season, by the way. 
that there was a work stoppage from the union in the in on on the set because of working conditions. Yes. Okay. Just throwing that out. Yes. There. But you throw that in together, and this is their season during COVID. You know, like the season five uh, ended as COVID was beginning, mm-hmm. you know, so just putting this all into perspective and knowing that that's why I'm okay with it not being a complete feeling season, a complete yeah. story. But what it was to me, I think they did a beautiful job creating this tapestry of this very complex family. Okay, so my argument to the, oh, well, they had to switch and they had to do the things and they, you know, they had to, the the next four episodes or the next season, all that other stuff. My argument to that is, okay, how can a show like Succession and um, Better Call Saul create their best seasons yet amidst a COVID riddled uh, set? How can they do that? With um, uh, Bob Odenkirk suffering a heart attack on set. But many people think that this is one of the best seasons yet. So it's just your personal opinion, my love. Okay, fair enough. So let's get off your little like high horse of crabbiness. (laughs) Um, So, but (laughs) what I will say, if I have to squint and make an argument that there is a... No, no, there's no no squinting. Hold on. If I have to make an argument that the the episode did very well in what what, what, what it was intended to do, the episode, the season started. I want to like say your phrases to you. If I have to, if I have to squint and uh, tell you that you did a great job making dinner. What I'm saying is, if I if I had to say, okay, no, you don't have to do anything. Okay, fine. Then I will make the argument that the show did well in its storytelling in one aspect. The season started off with the Frasers at the big house. With all the people buzzing around, the family there, all the things are happening around it. All the kids. And then the final episode, the season ends with Jamie saying, no one's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay? If, 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 there is an, if there's an argument to be made, it's that. They went from being the family to being left in the dust. And everything in between is the story. But, well, well, I'm not even going to get there because I don't want everybody to get all mad at me for being negative. It's just like there are certain things that if you know your show is coming to a close and you have to pivot, there are certain things you just have to do to to tell a complete story. They don't need to do a complete story. There's season seven. We all know it's coming. uh, But that's the argument, though, is the argument – should the, should this season's quality be contingent upon next season? And that's that that's a logical debate. It's a fair debate to have. Many people, Blake, think that this season was great, myself included. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not saying that you guys are not entitled to your opinion, but this is partly my show as well, and I'm allowed to have my opinion. Yes, you are. <laughs> and sometimes. It's okay to have a conversation of, hey, are, is, this, is this handled the way that it should have been? Or is, is this the quality that we've come to expect from a show that we love and adore, right? Like, think of, think of how incredible Dragonfly and Amber was, right? And that, that's the outlander that I love, that, that I just, I adore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's... Wrap it up. Okay, fair enough. Anything else you'd like to say about this episode? I cannot wait for the listener feedback episode. Me too. I'm excited. God, God. I think you're 
hungry or something. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go have my ice cream I bought before Um, show prep. If if any of you have something to say, please, please, please head on over to marianblake.com and use the speak pipe feature. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Um, so you can leave your voicemail. Of course, you want to know where you're from. It is a 90-second cutoff, so you do want to make sure that you are nice and quick with that. Um, we also do take a lot of our feedback at jointhenerdclan.com. Um, so that's a good place to go. What? Yeah, absolutely. Go to join the <laughs> Share your, share your feedback there. Yes. And we, of course, are going to be having our listener feedback episode later this week. It will not be during the weekdays. It'll most likely be towards the weekend just because we do have a very busy week. It is my birthday week and I'm super excited, but that also means that my limited energy is going to be used up a wee bit more than it normally is. Um, so, and thank you all for your prayers this season going through the long COVID that I have. I have a start date of May 17th mm-hmm. for my long COVID clinic. So I'm really, really oh, excited to be seeing some modern day Claire's to help me stop feeling so weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mavi, you ready to close this out? Yes. Let's do it. give props to Fergus and his new burn onion. Well done. Oh, yes. Well done, Fergus. Little so do we proud. know that the, that the actual onion art of paper came from new burn onion. <laughs> so, so proud of you, Fergus. Aww. Thank you all so much for an amazing season, season six. Blake and I have been talking a lot already about season seven, which seems yes. like it's going to be so far in the future. But um, we've got some big plans. I'm hoping to have more energy by then. Yes. We do want to let you know that if you're a book reader and you're listening to this in live time, you are going to want to head on over to the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering Book Club on Facebook as our Outlander cast staff member Angela Hickey leads a um, show episode from a book reader's perspective analysis and that is going to be taking place on Saturday, May 7th um, at 2 p.m. Eastern. And even if you hear this in the future, you can go watch the replay because there's replays available, <laughs> which would be super great. Um, and we do want to remind you that we have blog posts coming out from the amazingly talented staff at OutlanderCast.com. And they will be coming throughout Droughtlander to keep you satiated with Outlander content as we wait for the amazing season seven. That how many times are you going to say amazing? <laughs> as it's many your, as it's your new wonderful as many as i need to make up for your pessimism oh get out of here <laughs> you, got, you guys are all thin-skinned thin-skinned come on we're just having a conversation mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to conversate mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of course if you like mary and blake conversating go to maryandblake.com we do have tons and tons of more podcasts coming out Actually, as soon as this is, uh, sorry, as soon as Outlander is over, once we finish the listener feedback episode, we are diving right into Bridgerton immediately. And I'm very excited for Bridgerton. And as soon as this is us ends, we are diving right back into The Last Kingdom for season five, which I'm very excited about as well. So, oh man, we got some good stuff coming up. And amidst all of that, the Potiphar is coming back too. We're going to be celebrating all things Harry Potter. Oh, man. 
just we're all we're we're still keeping busy. But now you know, obviously, we've had to press pause on a bunch of things to take a little breath. But um, Outlander is not done. Dinner yes. fash. We are here, and we are going to be hearing all about your opinions on this episode. So stay tuned. You want to hear a bunch of people just come at and try to pound me to the center of the earth? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Stay tuned and get on our text reminder service if you're not on it already. If you're in the U.S., text the phone to right eight ten ten in the message field at Clan Fraser. So the at symbol Clan Fraser, all together one word. You will get a text reminder to let you know when we will be going live. And I'm just super excited for that episode. Yeah, all right, my yeah. friends, have a great night. <laughs> on that note, my name's Mary. My name is Blake, <laughs> and you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>